Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Okay, good afternoon, everybody, <clears throat> or morning, whichever it is. Um, I'm Dr. Jesse Rail, and we're doing a presentation today on knowing what to say, when to say things, how to say it, um, in particularly in supporting other people or seeking support when you're seeking support, because a lot of times, you know, we find ourselves in that awkward position as well. So, um, you know, all of us at, at some point in time are going to feel like we want to be supportive of somebody else, and we're also going to need support. And um, so many times in those situations, it's difficult for you to know what to say, and it's difficult for other people to know what to say. And sometimes people come out of those situations or experiences feeling very hurt and frustrated because um, somebody says something that just really doesn't sit well. And so we're going to learn how to, you know, get the support that you need, but also show the support. There are basically three things that you should never do and, and really try hard not to do it when you're supporting somebody else or somebody has shared something with you. Um, first of all, avoid using judgmental words. When somebody shares something they are not probably looking at that point for anything but somebody to listen and to be caring. And so they don't need to hear, well, you should or could or if you would. Um, judgmental words, interestingly, usually end with O-O-D, like should, well, O-U-L-D, but that sound. Um, good, bad is also a judgmental word. Um, if you would do things. So, so statements like that. And first of all, they're they're not looking for you to solve their problem. They're looking for support. You know, you, you just listen. So, if you can avoid judgmental words, even if you would really like to say something pretty judgmental, just kind of close it up. Um, also, it's a good idea to avoid cliches. And cliches are this too shall pass. God has a plan. Um, You'll, you'll feel better, you know, things like that. The only time that you might use a cliche, especially one involving God and God's plans and um, people being in, in a better place or people being in heaven or whatever, is if you know that person and you know that they share your same belief system. Because otherwise, you could inadvertently make a really bad situation a whole lot worse, especially when you're talking to a child, um, because or or somebody with limited capacity, or just you know who isn't in a space to figure out that you just used a cliche and you meant well um, with that cliche, because different cliches have different meanings for different people, and so unless you know that they they have the same belief system that you do. Uh, you might just want to avoid cliches altogether. And the other thing is don't make promises you can't fulfill or say things that you don't really mean or believe. Um, a lot of times people say, oh, you can call me any day or night, any time, day or night. And the person calls at 12 o'clock at night, 
now you're upset because the person is called at nine or, you know, 12 o'clock at night. So, you know, don't, don't say that you're going to do things if you, if you can't do them and don't, um, you know, don't, whatever you say, make sure that you mean it and make sure that you also believe it because you can end up in a um, big situation. For example, if you tell somebody that somebody is in a better place or in heaven, you know, make sure that you believe that because if they say, well, how do you know that? Um, and they might, then you, you need to be able to answer them with, you know, how you know that. But it, it, it's really a good idea to avoid those cliches to begin with. But if you do say them, make sure it is something that you do believe. So those are basically the things that should not be said. Judgmental words, using cliches, and um, making sure that you can follow through on, on what you, you intend to do. And the last thing that should never be said is, I know how you feel. You, in fact, do not know how anybody feels, and they don't know how you feel. So really avoid, I know how you feel. Even if you think you do because you had a same or a similar s- situation, you still don't know how that person feels. Um, we could all be sitting in the same room and we could be having the same experience with, you know, the same temperature, the same lighting, the same speaker, the same background noise, and, and the same chairs. Everything would be the same, but we would all come out of that with a different feeling or a potentially different feeling. Um, one person might be really interested in the speaker. One person might be extremely bored. One person might think it's too hot. One person might have been comfortable, and the other person might have thought it was too cold. So you don't know how another person feels, and they don't know how you feel. So the things that you can do or should do, first of all, use active listening. Again, when somebody reveals something to you, they probably just want somebody to listen and care about them. That's all. Um and and by active listening, you reflect what you heard. Show the person that you are listening. Um, you don't use your computer or your phone or, you know, things like that that really indicate that you're not totally listening to them. You might think that you can type a message to a friend and, and listen to what a person says, but the person speaking doesn't really think that you are listening and they don't think that you care. Because, you know, they don't have your undivided attention. If it's not a good time for you to listen, you can tell them, you know, I have to finish this real quick and I'll be right with you. And then do that. Um, be sure you validate your, their feelings. I understand or I can, I can understand how you might feel or I can empathize with that situation. You know, something to let them know that their feelings are important to you. Um, Keep your opinions to yourself and keep your own experiences to yourself. There's a time later that you could share if you had a similar experience, but not when they first reveal something to you. You know, when somebody comes up and says, I've just been diagnosed with COVID-19 and I'm really upset about it, that's not the time to say, oh, my friend such and such has it, and she did really well. And I, I know another friend who ended up in the hospital on a ventilator, and, and, you know, I thought that I had it, and I was tested, but I didn't, yada, yada. 
that's not the time for you to say any of that. Because again, what they want you to do is listen and support them. Later, you know, you can talk about different experiences with COVID perhaps, but not right away. Um, so, you know, that's not the time for you to share your opinions or your experiences. And a lot of times people will try to do that because they think that it's going to let that person who's sharing know that they relate to how the, that person feels. And that's not what it does at all. Basically, it takes the focus off that person who is sharing with you and puts it back onto you. So, you know, you want to be sure that the focus is on them. Um, and then even when you do decide to to share your experiences, do that only if you think that it's going to really be helpful or if there's something that you can offer that might help them, not, again, to take the focus away from them back onto you. Um, if you feel like you want to do something, you know, go ahead and offer it. It's perfectly okay to say. And put it in a question form. Don't say, oh, if you need anything at all, just let me know. You know, say to them, what can I do to help you? What can I do for you? What do you want me to do? Or is there anything I can do? You know, ask it in a question and be very specific so that they can be specific as well. You know, it might be that they say, well, you know, one of the things that I'm going to have difficulty is, is figuring out how to get food. And, and if you can solve that problem, you know, do it. You can say, well, you know, I can send you a pizza every couple of days or, you know, whatever it is that you might be able to do. Um, but be specific so that they can be specific. Because if you're just vague and say, oh, well, you know, if you, if you need anything at all, let me know. Well, that's not realistic because not one person can do anything at all. I mean, there are things that we can do and there are things that we can't do. And they may assume that if you're at a distance or you live away from them or you have a disability, that you can't do anything for them anyway. So, you know, be pretty specific about that. And then be sure to follow up and, and do what you said you were going to do. Um, another thing that you can do is um, allow them to tell you as much or as little as, as they want. You know, somebody says, uh, my mother was just diagnosed with cancer. You can say, would you like to talk about that further? Or, you know, you can tell them, you know, when you're ready to talk about that, I'm here for you. Um, so be okay if they just tell you that their mother was diagnosed with cancer and they don't say anything else. Maybe they're not ready to say anything else at that time. Or, um, you know, just, just invite them. Would you like to talk about that further? Because that lets them know that you're there and they can talk about it. Um, and be sure to follow up with them. Don't be intrusive about it. You know, every time you see the person, you don't have to say something. But you can say, you know, two weeks ago, you made a prayer request. And I've been praying for you for the last couple of weeks. <clears throat> and I'm just wondering how things in that situation have worked out. So follow up. Don't just leave them hanging. And that's oftentimes what happens, especially if people lose loved ones. You know, everybody's around them in the first couple of days or the first week or two while the funeral and the viewing and all that is going on. And then people just kind of drift away. And the person is basically left on, on their own and feeling extremely alone. So be sure that you follow up with them. Um, 
It's perfectly okay to be silent. Sometimes that's what's necessary. You can just say to the person, you know what, I'm right here if you want to talk. And you don't say any more. You wait till they talk. Um, a lot of times people have difficulty with, with silence. And, you know, they feel like they need to feel that silence. After about 10, 15 minutes, you might say, is there anything I can do for you? That's a perfect time to say, is there anything I can do? Or would you like to talk about it further? You know, something like that. If they get into areas that you know are way over your head and you you don't feel comfortable, it's okay to, to get help for that person and close down the conversation. Dory, um, because you don't want to get into something that's way over your head. And by that, I mean, if the person starts talking about, you know, I can't live without this person and I would be better off dead or maybe I should just kill myself, things like that. And be sure that you seek help for that person because, you know, even talking with a trained crisis worker or trained mental health person would be a better idea than you trying to, oh, no, you don't want to do that, you know, and, and getting into something way over your head. So it's okay to say, you know what, now we're getting into things that I don't feel that I I'm, I can deal with. And so I'm going to go ahead and, and get help for you. And you can call the National Suicide Hotline or your local mental health or, you know, anybody. As long as they're their minister, anybody that has had some training in the area and get help for them. So what do you do when you're the one who needs support? and you know, you you try to talk to people. Well, first of all, find people who are listening and who are able to listen to you. Um, second, be sure that you're asking specifically for what you need. You know, all I need you to do is just listen to me for a few minutes. Or, you know, I need some some resources. Um, if if you could like help me find some resources, whatever. You know, be sure that you're asking specifically for what you need. Um, find people who listen without criticism, ideally. Um, and it's okay to let people know if they're being too intrusive. Sometimes, sometimes people, when they when they are trying to be helpful, they they're being really intrusive. I had a friend, for example, and oh, I still have her. But um, every holiday that came around. You know, she was like, did you hear from your sisters? Did any of your sisters call you? Well, the answer is usually no to that question. But it's very painful to go into it every holiday. And so I finally said, you know what? I know that you are concerned and I know that you're interested. However, you know the situation. You've known the situation for several years. And when my sisters call me on the holidays, you'll probably be the first to know because you always do. <laughs> and I would be very happy about that. So, you know, you're going to know. So don't don't feel that you have to ask that every time. And she was trying to be supportive. She legitimately was. So sometimes when people seem to be intrusive, they don't really realize they're being intrusive. They just don't know what else to do. Um, it's okay to stop the conversation if you know, you're trying to talk about something and somebody starts criticizing you or being judgmental, you can say, you know what, I think that we need to talk about something different 
or I think we don't need to talk at all right now. And it doesn't mean that you never can talk to them. But what you found is that they're just not going to be the supportive person that you thought maybe they would. Um, you know, it's, it's important to let people know you appreciate their concern, even if they sound critical, just, you know, let them know, you know, I really appreciate your concern or your thoughts. Um, now I'm ready to talk about something else. And then you can you know, find somebody else who will just listen to you and give you the support you need. Because the reality of it is we can't get support from everybody. Um, some people just don't really know how to be supportive. Some people are, are much better at that than others. Some people are people who can do things, but they're not really going to be able to listen to a lot of emotion and a lot of feeling. But they're the ones who can, can do things. So there are different ways to support people as well. So anyway... Um, if anybody has any questions or thoughts or experiences that you would like to share. Yeah, to do the, to raise your hand, it's star nine on the phone. It's alt Y on your Windows PC. It is option Y on the Mac. Or go to the more tab on your app and hit the raise hand button. And I'll call on you and you can share your experiences with us. Um, and while people are talking, if you do have any background noise, please um, do mute so that we can hear everybody equally. Okay, uh, Jesse, you got Karen's iPhone first. Okay. Go ahead, Karen. Okay, I would just like to add something to those um, comments. Um, there's one person I know, kind of casually, he um, very casually, but he always says to me, "You know, I would do anything for you." So I just look at him. And kind of walk away. <laughs> but the next time, if he ever says it to me again, I am going to say, I would like a new apartment with a doorman. So I'll see how he reacts. To that. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So that's my two cents. Well, well thank you. Uh, uh, all right. Uh, Teresa. I don't know if this is appropriate for this call or not, but you'll let me know. Um, so I'm the president of member suddenly die yesterday and so i'm gonna have to be dealing with uh, Teresa, you've got a little short in your mic so you're cutting in and out um so we haven't you're, you're breaking up a lot because you got a little bit of a short i think i'll uh -oh. take we could come why don't we come back to Teresa? Teresa, when you've got your mic set up raise your hand again and we'll call on you um that way you can get your mic sorted connie connie bateman there you go good morning how how are you oh we're doing good how are you i'm i'm okay good. so I'm still grieving the loss of my husband. It's been almost it's been almost a year, and I've heard everything you all the cliches, all the judgmental statements. I've heard it all, or most of them. Like, well, he's in a better place now. I hate when people say that, <laughs> yeah. or or if I say I'm not doing fine because I'm still sad that my husband's gone. Well, well, stay busy. You know, keep yourself busy. Um, or Oh, I've been divorced, so I know what you're going through. Mm. No, you don't. Divorce and death are two different things. For one thing, when you get divorced, one or both of you had a choice. And if I had a choice, my husband would still be here right now. So I, w what I've learned through all this is that I've learned who my real friends are. Those are the ones who have stuck with me and have comforted me. And they'll say things like, I can't even imagine what you're going through, but I'm, you know, but they're here for me. 
Um, I've learned that people, some people are sincere and some people are not very sincere. Like when they say things like, well, let us know what we can do to help. And if I'm specific and I say something like, well, I might need a ride, you know, to the doctor once in a while. They go, oh, uh, well, I don't know. You know, they, it's like they say that because that's what you're supposed to say, but they don't really mean it. So I really hope that somewhere down the road when I have moved forward a little bit farther, you know, in this grieving process, that I can be supportive and encouraging to other people and that I don't use those same cliches or or try to give them advice that's not very useful. So thank thank you for this call because it's it's I think it's it's very helpful. Well you're very welcome. And you know, many times that's exactly what that's what not to say. <laughs> when yeah. we go through these situations and they're very, very painful and difficult, all of a sudden you you realize, oh my gosh, all those statements that probably we've all said are really not helpful. Thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you, Connie. Okay. Mary Mary Hayes, go ahead. Can you hear me? Loud and clear. Okay. Um I I just this call couldn't have come at a better time and I'm out of school because they closed a lot of our school had COVID. But anyhow, I just lost my mother on November the twenty first. I'm so sorry. And, and I am just having an awful time. I don't want to just cry on people's shoulders. I am in counseling. I went in counseling before, but I've been her caregiver. I sat with her when she was dying, and I just kept on praying for a miracle, and it didn't happen. I spent Thanksgiving alone because it was the right thing to do there, saying not to spend holidays with people that aren't in your household. And so I decided to honor my mother by counting my blessings and by doing, she always used to say, do the right thing, even if it's the hard thing. And so I did both of them, but I think I'm okay and I'm, I'm not okay. And I just don't see that the sun is going to rise again. I just feel that. It just feels that way, you know, between my health problems and nobody, I would have to say safely that nobody on this earth loves me as much as my mother. And I'm sure a lot of people feel the same way. And then I was so invested in, invested in the caregiving and doing for her. And now it's like all the other things that I do in my life seem so secondary and trite. And I feel like I'm going through emotion, just going through the motions and watching a bad movie and watching everybody do what I'm doing. And I don't want to be a burden on people anymore. I don't want to be calling people being a burden anymore. And, and I just don't know what, I'm sorry, but I am alone and I don't know what to do. First of all, I'm very sorry for your loss. And second of all, what you're feeling, what you're experiencing is normal. It's normal to have all of those thoughts and feelings. And you know, this is this is very fresh. I mean, this is what ten days ago. Yes, it's ten days. Wow! And so that's not that's... married. So I don't have anybody that really loves me except my dog, and he's been sort of distant lately. And I don't know why. Maybe he senses something. I don't know. But that's hard to take too. Probably doesn't understand what's going on, and he's upset too. Yeah. But, you know, it's really important for you to reach out to people as much as you can. I know you feel like you don't want to cry on people's shoulders and you don't want to be a burden and all that. But you're not. I mean, you're, you're, 
responding normally to a very difficult situation because you've got some major, major, major adjustments ahead of you. Your your whole way of life has changed. Your whole support system has changed. And that's hard. And what, how would, what would you suggest to do to get through these, especially these early days? And because now Thanksgiving's over and I have, you know, Christmas is going to be similar. And, right. mm-hmm. you know, I, I lost my brother in November and I don't want to, I don't want to associate these things with holidays because I love the holidays and I love being with people. And then mm-hmm. even the TV networks aren't cooperating with me. I think Apple has pulled all the good programs off of regular TV. I can't find Miracle on 34th Street or Christmas with the Cranks or Charlie Brown. You know what I mean? Just It's just I thought I would just escape with some of that kind of stuff. But you know, that's, you know, the, it's, that's even sparse this year. It just feels like everything is so sparse. Um, first of all, if you have access to other things like Netflix or well, uh, Primetime, you know, you can find a lot of those shows on that. And so then you can still do that. Um, the next thing, just focus on as much as you can about the holidays and do some special things for your mom in honor of her, just like you did on Thanksgiving. And be sure that you are reaching out to people, need support during this time. And you're not going to bring other people down. You know, if if they're feeling okay about themselves and what they're doing, um, if you are involved in church or you have a minister, you know, they might have some people who could kind of talk to you or just be there for you. Uh, did your mom have hospice care? Yes, she did. And they okay. were wonderful. And, I, and they're even continuing to follow up with me. The, the hospice chaplain on me today. He nice. told me about a bereavement group. Unfortunately, I'll probably be able to attend once. And then once I go back to work, I won't be able to anymore because of the time that it falls on Thursdays when I'm in school during the day. You know. Well, go ahead and attend your group if you can. And then ask them if they have any type of virtual groups or anything. You know that you could attend. Well, this um, is virtual, but it's only on Thursdays at two. Oh well, gee. Well, you know, go ahead and attend the one group and see what happens with school because with this COVID thing, we never know about that. That's right. But I and I just want to thank you for putting these on. I haven't been able to participate for a long time because you know I've been at work and they mean a lot to me. And I've tried to get on a couple of Wednesday night ones when I mm-hmm. could, but it's not been easy. Sure. I just I've been you know so involved with you know taking care of mom and everything and. But I just feel like that was my divine purpose for the longest time. You know what I mean? Because I've been taking care of her for over six years. And finally, I couldn't take care of her here at home. And then, you know, she had to go into a home. And I'm I'm blaming myself, too, for her death. Because maybe if she would have been here, it might not have happened as fast. I don't know. Because she just sort of gave up. I hope that it's not my fault. And I have to live with that. No, no. It's not your fault. Not your fault. I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to take up all your time, but I just wanted to tell you what I'm going through. Well, be sure that you're reaching out for help. I mean, you know, and you can contact me if you want to just send um, a message and and Cindy will forward it. Then you'll have my contact information. Thank you very much. If that would help. Sure it might, because I do feel close to you, but thank you. You're doing an excellent job with these. You are welcome. And you hang in there.
Thank you. Yeah, and to go along with Jesse's comment, joining that group, maybe you'll find some other people that can't go as often, and then you could maybe form a smaller group of friends where you all can meet at your own time to supplement what's ever going on in the bigger group so you have people to support you. I wish you nothing but the best, and, you know, again, my prayers go out to you. Good idea. Thank you. Of course. All right. Kelly. Hello, I was just going to suggest to Carla. Um, I doesn't isn't there a grieving a grievance group um, on the community calls? There is. Yes, there is a, uh, a. I don't remember the time, but it is on the ACB schedule. There is a a, 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 a support call for people who are grieving the loss of loved ones. I don't remember the exact name, but that I is. I think accurate. it's called Widows and Widowers. But I would. Well, think there's that, that but there's was... another one. There's another one because widows and widows are for people that lost husbands and wives. But there's also just a regular grief um group but i don't remember exactly how often they meet but you could check the weekly schedule or contact cindy and she could give you that information i saw that and i think it's saturday i think i'm gonna try that of course did you have anything else cal uh no that's it all right okay well thank you pam yes the uh, grief support group um is every other saturday and I'll have to, I would have to look back on the schedule for the time. I think it, because I was on it a couple of weeks ago in the middle of a gazillion other things that day, but um, it's every other Saturday and it's, I'm thinking it's about four in the afternoon Eastern. Um, and it, it was very, very good the day I was on it. Um, and Mary Carla, I, yeah, I know this may sound like a cliche, but uh, I feel like I can identify with you because I, too, had a, a loss in my family. It's been a little longer. It's been almost six months, but I lost my father. And, oh, yeah, it's there's nothing easy about it, especially during that first year. Um, if you can get through the first year, you're you, you're more on your way. But it's just. It's not hard. And about the old classic movies and TV shows, I haven't checked this for sure yet, but you if you don't do Netflix and if you're like me and your bank account's constantly hungry and you don't want to have to pay all those <laughs> all those rates, uh, you might could find them on YouTube. If you just go to YouTube and oh, that's a good type, idea. In, type in the name of the movie and or the the old show, the uh classic shows and it won't be audio described i'm afraid but it will be there yeah you um, yeah, have a lot of it yes um and if you've seen them if you've seen the movies before you know what's going on anyway because you've seen them every year <laughs> <laughs> but but yes uh you're you will definitely and i mean this sincerely mary uh you will definitely be in my thoughts and prayers so um that's i'll shut up and let Someone else have. But thank you for sharing that. Yeah, good information. All right, we'll see now, Teresa. Let's see if we can get you, Teresa. Can you hear me now? Much better. There you go. Okay. Yeah, different headset. It is so hard losing a parent. It's so hard. Um. So I'm in a situation. I'm the chapter president, and we had a member pass away suddenly yesterday. And I am heading up doing a memorial service. Um, This person was part of many, many ACB. So I'm going to be having a lot of people call me and talk to me. And I hope I I, want to try not to say anything inadvertently that's not good. 
Hush. The dog apparently has something to say. Go ahead. That's just Dory. Well, that's kind of... Can you make some suggestions? Quiet. Okay, are you still there? Yep. <laughs> so, you're having a memorial service and, and you don't want to say anything inadvertently? Right, because I'm going to have a lot of people call me. and I think I'm probably pretty okay, but I just want to... <laughs> I want to make sure that I, because I can see myself getting into the thing of, um, you know, inadvertently doing the cliches and saying, oh, yes, I had blah, blah, blah happen. And um, I don't need to be doing that. Right. And it's very difficult to respond to that because, and a lot of people will, will try to do that. They'll try to tell you their story. And so, you know, what you can do is say, I'm really sorry you've experienced that and try to move on because. The focus needs to be on you and the person that you lost. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. I just, you know, it's going to be a lot of people that I don't know. And, and I'm, mm-hmm. you know, dealing with setting up this memorial service. And... I can understand. I mean, that, you know, but all you can really do is just say, I'm sorry for your loss and try to keep the focus back on you and the person that okay. has been lost. Okay. Um, you can also just change the subject to the person, something that you remember that that person, you know, who died oh, used yeah. to do or okay. how important they were to you. And that basically lets the person know, you know what, the focus here is on them, not you. <laughs> okay. okay. Yeah. Because me bringing up the fact, I mean, my parents died years ago, but me bringing up this when somebody else has just lost their mother 10 days ago, you know, I've been there, done that many times <laughs> over, and um, yeah. she she still has to go through something new, as do you. So, yeah, okay. yeah just, just bring the focus back on what, you know, this, this person was very special because he used to, or she used to, or, or she would, or, you know, something like yeah. that. Okay. Yeah. So just come up with a few scenarios mm-hmm. okay. and how you can respond before the time, because then you'll kind of have it in your head. And okay. you'll have had an opportunity to kind of say them to yourself and you'll mm-hmm. be feeling comfortable with it. Right. Well, yeah. I'm yeah. Thinking more in terms of how to comfort people without um, hurting their feelings more than, you know, me dealing with it personally. Right. I mean, everybody mm-hmm. is going to be, once again, experiencing something similar, but also very different in their own within way. themselves. And Okay. So, you know, you don't have to feel like you have to engage in a lot of in-depth conversation. It's okay to just... Okay, yeah. All right, yeah, because that'll happen. Okay, cool. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And I'm sorry for your chapter's loss, Teresa. Um, Yeah, My thoughts. I'm very sorry to hear that. My my thoughts are with all of you guys. Thanks. Okay, Teresa. Go ahead, Teresa. There's another Teresa from Arkansas. Last three digits, um, nine, seven, four. Teresa, there you go. Okay. Yeah. Um, um, last week was a kind of an interesting week for me. Um, on the 22nd, and I kind of knew it was coming, but I was, you know, like uh, Mary Carla, I was praying for a miracle too. It was my husband's uncle, and I had only met him like maybe once or twice, but, you know, he was, you know, he was okay to me. He never did anything wrong to me I knew it you know his wife was probably more cordial um, to me even though even more than he was and she had already gone on um, back in 2000 
19, I think it was. Well, um, he went to the funeral on the 27th, the day after Thanksgiving. Now, add to that, this was a very anxious uh, week. My son just became a father on the 24th. And this has sort of an international um, twist to this, is that the mother is Filipino and she's over in the Philippines. And my son was not able to take leave to go over and be there for the birth of his son. And um, so the um, the mother went into labor on that Monday, the 23rd, and it was kind of an anxious day. She was in labor for 18 hours, and then she finally had the baby. The baby wasn't able to come home from the hospital till Saturday. And that was kind of concerning me because, you know, he had to be given antibiotics. Now I'm glad he's home now, but I want to be supportive to my son. And I just don't know, you know, I wish I could be there to put my arms around him, you know, because he can't be there for his um, newborn son. Yeah. That, it, I'm assuming then, that you're not close. The, to, you're not close physically to where your son is. No, he's in Maryland. And yeah. I'm in Arkansas. Oh, jeez. And then, yeah, and then, um, and then, um, top that, you know, I I felt bad for um the uncle by marriage that was you know, that passed from COVID. I didn't know his surviving children. I don't know them at all, but I still, you know, I feel bad for them as well. Well, sure. Um, if you. If you can talk to his wife, you could convey that to her, you know, yeah. commiserate with her life, or just send her a card, and you can certainly let your son know that, yes. you know, you're there for him as well. Yeah. Um, at that point, all you can really do is acknowledge and validate his feelings. Right. Um, oh, I, you know, I stay in touch with both of them on, on um, Facebook Messenger, and um, and I'll and I'll keep on doing that, especially for her, too, you know, because... She's a new mom and she needs support. I mean, she's got family in the Philippines, but, you know, I still want to be, I'm I'm the baby's other grandmother. Well, that must be difficult, too, because you can't see the baby. Right. And even when they send videos, I can hear the cry, but I can't see his face and his smile and things like that. Yeah. Difficult place to be. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. No problem. Just to give you a heads up, Jesse, we've got about 11 minutes or so left in the hour. Just to give you a heads up on our time. Okay. Uh, I believe the last three digits are 638. Beth, I think this is you. Hello there, Jesse. This is Beth. Hello. How are you? Pretty good. Good. I want to be supportive of... Alexa, stop. I want to be supportive of my daughter, of my kids, but my mother never supported us in anything we did. And um, to them, you know, their grandma can't do any wrong, you know, or couldn't do any wrong. And uh, I don't know, I it's hard to make that generation understand that uh, she seemed to not really care for us or not. I, don't, I shouldn't say not care for us, but she didn't support anything we did, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, it just seems very awkward that they were like, well, you know, if you guys would have treated grandma better, you know, maybe maybe stuff wouldn't have happened. And and I'm like, you know what? All we wanted to do was get out of under her reach because she was very controlling. And, and they can't seem to understand that because by the time they came, 
my kids and the other sister's kids came along. Uh, you know, when you get older, you mellow out. And so it's very difficult to make us make that generation see that. And I don't know what to do about that. You know, like I said, my sister has the same problem because, you know, oh, according, like I according to them, their grandma couldn't do anything wrong. Well, you know, you can allow them to respond to her the way they respond to her. How well, she's already, she's already passed, but um, oh, okay. that's part of the problem. Because now you can't resolve things with her. Right. And, um, uh, now we can't resolve things with her, but like I say, you know, she had to be an iron lady. She, she never, she never really showed emotion or whatever. And, um, she always had to feel that she had to control the situation. And if her kids didn't want, want to do what she did, what she wanted them to do, she would just kind of cut you out or something. And, and, um, and that's what we can't get the grandkids to see. Um, yeah, and we're going to have kind of a conversation that verges on that next week as well. Uh, but you probably won't get your grandkids to understand exactly your experience because your experience was apparently different than well, theirs was. You mean my kids? Uh, they're her grandkids, but they're, you know what I mean? They're my kids and my sister's children. That's what I mean. Your kids. Yeah. <laughs> her kids, yeah. her grandkids, your kids. Um, because they had a different experience with her. Um, than you did, their feelings are going to be a little bit different. Um, right. And that's what we've tried to tell them. And that's about all you can do. You can't really change how they feel or what they think. Um, you know, all you can do is just let them know. You know, my experience with her was very different than yours. And that's why I feel the way I do. And this is why you feel how you feel. Does that make sense? Yes, of course it does. I mean, she used to buy them everything. It was like she used to buy their love and stuff like that. So according to them, well, you know, she couldn't do any wrong. And um, Exactly. And your experience was quite different. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't don't know how to be supportive of of my daughter, especially my oldest daughter, without, you know, because she's like, oh, you know. If, if you had the personality of Graham or if Graham was here, she would be supportive of me. Well, you know what? I'm trying all the, all the, all I could. Yeah, all but I'm not your Graham. Just try to be supportive of your daughter the way you might have. Yeah. The way you think that you would have wanted your mom to be supportive of you. Um, unfortunately, you know that didn't happen. But you can be supportive of your daughter. Yeah, and and I do try and do that. Okay. Well, that's about all you can do. Well, thank you. Yeah, uh-huh. it sounds like you're doing the best with that that you can. Yeah, and thank you for putting these on. These are very you're welcome. informative and educational. I'm glad that you're benefiting. All right. Um, the um, phone number ending last three digits are 346, area code 717. Your hand, if you could unmute yourself or your hand's been lowered to go ahead and speak. Yes, it's, uh, this is Kaya. On horse, and I just wanted to mention that um, the grief session that was referred to earlier on this program. Um, anyway, it's called Grief Journey, and it's at 6 p.m. Eastern, or 3 p. 3 p.m. Pacific, and it's a regular uh, call in. Okay. 
Well, you good. Can hear me? Yes. Is, okay. is, it, is it every Saturday or every other Saturday? It says it's this coming Saturday. It's scheduled. Yes. Okay. But is it every Saturday? Like it's this Saturday. But is it weekly or uh, bi-weekly? I don't know that. I just, I just, when you were talking about it, I just looked at the schedule here for oh, this okay. Saturday, and it is scheduled. Yes. All right. Well then, there you go. Yeah. yeah. And I, I um, appreciate the session. Um, I lost two brothers during this last year. One that I was especially close to. Um, while they both had a long life and all that, um, um, but still, we miss them very much. Yeah, that's very difficult to lose siblings as well. Yes. Unfortunately, I think there's been a lot of that this year and probably will be in the next year mm. as well. Okay. Our our last, our second to last hand, it's um, a 508 area code, last three digits of your number, are 613. So if you could, uh, your hand's been lowered, go ahead and speak. Hello, can you hear me? Yes. Yep. Hi. I'm Jane, and I live in Falmouth, Massachusetts, on Cape Cod, and... I don't know. I guess you've been having these sessions for a while, but this is the first time I've heard of it, and it's it's really good. I know when you're facing bereavement or grief or loss, it's even more difficult when you're living with a vision impairment because you can't even before. I lost my dad a year ago this past July, so on July of July 10th of 2019, and we were very close. And when I at the at the ceremony or the service, whatever, um, you know. My sister would sit me in a chair, and I couldn't get up and talk to people because I couldn't see them. And I think that's frustrating. Sorry, I got a call, but I can wait. It's very frustrating that you can't reach out to them and be the person that you used to be. But one thing I have found helped me a lot. He was a very dedicated veteran. And what we did this year and last year at this time is we got some of his buddies from his color guard, and we went to the grave, and then we... um. We had our own Veterans Day ceremony. So we brought the flags, and we said the Pledge of Allegiance, and somebody read General Logan's address and things like that. So, you know, I talked to him every day, and I promised him on his, in his that I would carry on his tradition of his civic obligations and specific participating in, in town government, and I've gone back to that, and it really helps. So I think that if you can think of something happy that brought joy to your to your to you with that person i think that's the most important thing and the the major first step is that these people that have spoken is it's like aa you made the first step you reached out to other people in this group and i'll be calling back and next whenever you have it again to understand the double loss of losing someone so special in your life plus losing or having more vision loss so thank you very much yeah, it sounds like you're dealing with a couple of different loss issues there. And you're right, it, it can be very difficult to deal with one, much less several. Um, and often that happens when you lose someone, then you have to deal with other things as well. And of course, life doesn't stop. So, you know, <laughs> then, yeah. No, it doesn't. Okay, and for our last hand, um, we have Nolan. Nolan? Hello, uh, thank you for your presentation. I'm sorry for jumping in the last minute, but, but um, Jesse, I 
been experiencing a little bit of a um, couple of issues this past year with uh, a friend of mine. Her name is Ellie Gillum, and she graduated last year in the class of 2019 at Lakeshore High School. I had some communication issues between her and I through email, and now we don't talk to each other anymore. I wish I could do something like to, I, I tried writing a letter to her to tell her, I, I'm sorry to say, but I, I should have, you know, I, I should have written a letter to her and said, hey, could we talk about what you and I are facing? But right now I'm, I'm having a hard time trying to cope with the situation. What should I do? Well, if you have tried to reach out to the person and let the person know that you want to work through the problem or resolve the problem and they're not responsive, there's not a lot you can do. You know, mm-hmm. you, you can't change other people or what they do. Um, so then you just kind of have to grieve that loss of the friendship. That can be really difficult. But I would give it a little bit of time and then reach out again. Okay. At least yeah, because I've time. known because I've known her back when she was in Lakeshore High School and I was at Southside School in Niles, and she mm-hmm. was through. She was involved with Lakeshore Young Life, and I met her through Taste of Young Life as well as the All Area Clubble. Yeah, and so let her know. You know, we've we've known each other a long time. We've been through a lot together. Let's see if we can get through this as well, because I really miss you being part of my life. And see what her response to that is. You don't have to send it right away, but send the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I think I'm gonna wait maybe. A week well, or two. the good thing about Christmas and New Year's, everybody reaches out to everybody, so <laughs> you can you'll have a good a good time to do that. Yeah, because she's going. She's in college right now. I do not know what school. I uh, give her time to get out of yeah. college. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm 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 kind of scared of connecting with her because of covid right now and i'm kind of put behind all of this and i I really don't want to be um well you probably can't be with her in person because of covid right yeah but you can reach out on in some other way on messenger or facebook or whatever it is you use email yeah i tried to email her and it was no use Um, nolan guys i hate to do this but we've we're running over the time so Sure. Um, Wednesday, this call is again, so maybe, Nolan, if you want to talk more in depth, if there's more time, but we've got to wrap this up because it's another account and such. But, yeah, I think uh, that Jesse gave you some good advice. Thank you uh, for telling me, David. You're welcome. Well, anything to end, Jesse? Or Okay, well, um, we are definitely out of time. We'll continue this discussion tomorrow evening at 9 o'clock if anybody would like to do that. And so thank you all for your participation.